This is Street Cleaner, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. Uh, this week we have a very special guest, Street Cleaner, joins us. Jesse, how you doing? I'm doing okay. That was a not a prime time to take a sip of coffee. Sorry about that. I will let you finish the coffee, and I'll go on with my begging and pleading mode. Uh, please like us on social media. We are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And all those other things, we're not on Parlor. Don't look for us there. Uh, you can find our podcast and all fine podcast providing places. So Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, etc. And finally, please check us out on theparadisearcade.com. We've got some really cool stuff there. Cat um, Temper uh, puts some blogs up there, his thoughts and insights, which are pretty cool. He just posted a new one, so check that out. So there I go with the... Uh, Check us out, like us, share us, retweet us. Jesse, how you doing today? I'm doing well, hanging out. Just, it's a nice, uh, I don't know if I'm too much inside baseball, but it's a nice Sunday evening. There you go. You know what, it is a nice evening. It's nice here too. We actually got some good weather. Where is, where is here? This would be well, uh, St. Paul, for Minnesota. It's, ah. well, Nice. It is a beautiful day in San Diego. Pretty mellow. Isn't it always a nice day in San Diego? Perpetually. Uh, it, it used to always be, but now the summers get really crazy. <laughs> like it's three degrees hotter than what it usually is, or like, <laughs> <laughs> like describe no, used, that to me. It used to be like I, I mean, I used to be rose-colored glasses or whatever, but it used to be like there you'd get a few hot days a year where you're like, ah, it's hot. This sucks. And now I, we get a few hot months a year where, you know, uh, I, uh, like uh, all my, uh, my, not all, but most of my plants died uh, last summer just because, you know, it, it, we broke through the hundreds uh, into to really high, you know, temperature. Ter- I don't want to say 110, but I swear it got to 110. And, you know, and it, it's hard to keep plants alive when it's that hot, you know. And, and so it just uh, kind of sucks because we'd never gotten that hot before. And it seems to be doing that more often now. See, where we're at, we have the luxury of when it's 100 degrees or more, it tends to be 100% humidity as well. So it's hot <laughs> and it's humid. So it, it, and it, miserable. Yeah, so what it does is it, it keeps the plants alive. They seem to be just fine and everyone else is miserable. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't happen here. <laughs> it's, it's a dry heat. Yeah, uh, n- yeah. I, I've heard that before, and I'm still not exactly sure what that is. Is it like opening an oven? Is that what that means? Like. Yeah, yeah. So you just get like blasted by air that melts your eyebrows. <laughs> one of the one of the funnest experiences is like when you when you're when you're driving like taking a road trip, you know, and you you, you get to like uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and you're like, okay, well, we're gonna stop here and get gas, and then you pull into the gas station, you open the door, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, fuck, ah, shit, <laughs> you know, because it's so hot. I felt and the all same the way about people Phoenix. are like I'm finally comfortable for once in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> my joints don't hurt. <laughs> awesome. 
So you've had some really uh, cool stuff happening to you. You just released an album. Uh, it, I think like suddenly, right? Like no one really knew. You just put it out there. Well, I think I think uh, only a couple people knew. Well, the people that were in, involved in making it um, knew, but even then, um, they didn't know when it was going to get released. Um, Sneak attack. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I I uh, uh, had a a, a a a big thing earlier in the year at the beginning of the year with Street King of the video game. Yeah. So it, it you know I don't I don't want to want to cloud you know the waters with and there's another thing coming out you know like so. It was, uh, and, and also I, I, I don't announce things unless I have to, um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have to announce things, uh, like I had to announce the video game because, uh, we wanted to do a little Kickstarter thing, like, you know, and, and so like, I, I mean, ideally it'd be fun to be like, Hey, street cleaner, the game is a thing here. It is boom, you know, kind of, you know, but, uh, you know, we, we, we decided, uh, creepy lantern games, uh, just, you know, uh, we all had a big old powwow, you know, for a long time about what we wanted to do. And that was part of, from the get go is we wanted to do a little Kickstarter and, and, you know, nothing to change the world, but to kind of get some physical product out there, you know? And, and so we had to say something, but, but if I don't have to say anything, I don't, and I won't, and, and it, like, not to like harp on anyone. If you think this is directed to you, it's not, but nothing is more eye rolling than seeing all these posts and tweets and, and stuff about people saying, Oh, the new album is going to be like this, and I'm working on this, and here's this, and oh, we're going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and you know, vinyl, vinyl, yes or no, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, stop, stop, just do, you know, like, like, quit, quit telling about all the cool stuff that's going to happen, and do the cool stuff. Do the cool stuff. You know, stuff. Like, quit, quit, you know, and I understand that sometimes you have to, you know, and you want to keep people engaged and stuff like that, you know, I, I understand that, but, but at the same time, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's kind of cheap. Don't, don't, don't tell people what you're going to do. Just, just do what you're going to do. And then don't ask people like, Hey, should the next album be a dark album? Should the next album be synth pop? No, just do what's in your heart. Why are you making it for, for the six people that are going to be like, Oh, it should be dark, man. You should definitely make it dark. You know, like <laughs> just do what's in your heart. And then the, the best thing is going to come out of that. So, I mean, that's exactly what edge is. I've been working on edge since 2019. Holy shit. And, and I, I am a slow producer. I, I am so slow at making music compared to, you know, a, a lot of these other folks out here. So, you know, I've been, been, uh, um, been trucking away at that. I, I, uh, I, you know, I built a whole new, new setup, um, a new, I, I got rid of everything in my, my studio and I have a, I have a little 14 by eight foot studio, um, and I got rid of everything out of there and uh, rebuilt all new, all new hardware, all new, you know, machines, new monitors, new everything. And, uh, and I just wanted to start fresh, you know, change the process. I didn't want to release another album that sounded like the previous album. And, and I just slowly had been, been working away on, on uh, the direction I wanted to go. And I wanted to, to take things a little bit more into uh, beat oriented music into the future kind of so. That's where that came from. Sorry, I just went off on a tangent. No, that was great because you literally. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, number one, you you answered a lot of things I was going to ask anyway, so that's perfect. It's less me talking and more you talking. And oh, uh, yeah, exactly. And that's what we do. So I will say though, I've had a chance. I've had one pass through on Edge. Um, it still sounds like Street Cleaner. So I don't know if you were trying to do a complete like divergence <laughs> from your sound, but you still sound like you. Oh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and, and 
you know, like you go and you see, uh, uh, you go and you see Avengers or you see Batman, right? Yes. And, and you're like, okay, this is the fourth Batman movie, you know, uh, and, and I've seen the first three Batman movies over the last 10 years or whatever. And, and then uh, you're watching it and it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden you hear that dun, 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 like the Batman vignette. And you're like, oh shit, hell yeah, this is it. I like doing that with Street Cleaner a lot. I like, I like pulling in old, uh, you know, riffs from, from songs, uh, you know, and, and getting, uh, certain buildups, just little 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 things that I've done that smart. I don't think I'm not really recycling them so much as I'm kind of like you know doing a little o- homage there to a previous track kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you know that the whole the whole street cleaner thing is soundtracks to movies that don't exist anyways. So you know just yeah. trying to do the next chapter in the series, but at the same time they they all have to. You know, I, I, I want to make them all connect. I'm telling like another chapter. I'm not writing a new book, you know. Yeah. So uh, with Edge, it seems a little bit like it's progressed in maybe time period. You're talking about like more like beat oriented stuff. Um, to me, like it feels a little bit like early 90s lords of acidy kind of vibe am i am i wrong in this oh no you're you hit you yeah you you hit it on on the nose i'm 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 a huge lords of acid fan so i i have been since i was uh, uh, a kid it was it was naughty music that i shouldn't have had yeah um so <laughs> <laughs> when when i want to say in like 19 probably 93 uh i was uh i was like uh, 11 years old and my 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 dad's co-worker gave him a box of cds that he didn't want and it was all you know crap from the last few years you know stuff that i you know i i'm not really going to be in, into but in there was uh um lords of acid lust mm. and and so i was just like oh you know cool like this is this is this is rad and so i listened to it and i was just like oh my god i need i need to make sure my parents never see not that they would have taken it away they wouldn't have but i also don't want the stigma of my dad being like oh you're listening to that uh, porno music again huh <laughs> you know like so yeah so that well, was obviously <laughs> yeah so that was a headphones only um you know uh cd that i had as a as uh growing up and and um so you know after that obviously like uh the, the the Mortal Kombat album came out uh, yeah. the next year I think uh, and that was just like it was it was obviously Lords of Acid but but it was all based off of like Mortal Kombat characters and stuff and and obviously we knew at that point that the greatest album that's ever been made was released <laughs> <laughs> oh man you like yeah so I had both people don't know that there's two there's one that came out in '93 and there's one that came out in '94 '93 is like a like a, a LP like a like an EP, it's it's got like two songs on it, I think, but there's like three versions of each, and it is the Mortal Kombat theme, and then there's another song called Techno Syndrome, which is kind of funny because we now know Techno Syndrome as the Mortal Kombat theme, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm in yeah. deep, I'm deep lore on this, man. <laughs> Go do it, yes. Yeah, and so so yeah, I got I had to have both of those. That was that was amazing. Uh, I I got those, and and then. Um, yeah, and I had, I, yeah, I got all the uh, Lords of Acid stuff as as I got older. It was 
totally like okay for me to have a CD with booties on the cover or something, you know? <laughs> or uh, what's the, the the Our Little Secret album cover? Oh, I love that one because it's so <laughs> innocuous until you open yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that with the Street Cleaner album cover. It's just going to be my upper torso. And then when you fold it out, it's like, boing. No, Don's kidding. Don't don't leave that in. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Whose reaction would that be? Would that be like you <laughs> in the picture you. or whoever is looking at it? That's... You just saved it. Thank you. Yes, it's whoever's looking at it. They're going to go, look at that guy with those really awesome clothes on, that jacket, and those pants. Those yeah. tight pants. All right. Good recovery. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so we're here for. <laughs> you got oh, your back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Oh, uh, wait, re- somebody recover that one real quick. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> nope, I actually have your bet. Uh, yeah, never mind. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool that um, it seems like Lords of Acid has made more of a overt influence on this record. Um, were, you ever, were you into like My Life at the Thrill Cold Call and Gender Torturers as well? Or. Not at all, no. And it's nothing against them. It's just they didn't they they didn't have a, a, a sound that resonated with me. You know, I, I was aware of them obviously. Like in the nineties you, you couldn't just hop on a computer and look up stuff. You had to go to, you know, music stores and, and oftentimes, you know, buy albums on what the cover was based off of, especially if you listen to listen to anything that wasn't, you know, getting radio play or, mm-hmm. or something. So there's plenty of times I bought a Thrill Kill Cult CD because I was like, Oh or not plenty of times, there's one time I bought a Feel Cool Cult CD because I was just like, like, oh, okay, well, you know, look at the the record label they're on, you know, and and okay, this makes sense. Look at their name; this is gonna be rad, you know. And I spent two weeks of allowance on that, and I got home, and it just was not what I was looking for, you know. Yeah. And a little bit more, you know, like do 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 do. You know, okay, well, not my thing so much, but uh, um, then later, like we had this really cool franchise here, and not franchise, but uh. uh a store here a local store here called music trader and you could uh listen to stuff before you bought it and that, that became what i did every friday after school take the bus down there and listen to everything in their electronic and uh goth section hell yeah fine guy you just fine. They did... what's up it just sounds like a magical childhood to me <laughs> thanks <laughs> that's what i was about man just man, buying cds man listening to all the hot stuff you, like for me, at least, like I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so I had the the music subscription thing. That's it. That's all I had, and I had mm-hmm. to base my decisions off of record companies. Like, okay, they're on the same record company, so this might work. This might be the thing. Yeah, we. I actually discovered not a loophole, but like a little unpublished secret about those is they they would have a lot more music than what was in the actual catalog they sent you. You know, like they would send you a catalog, but that was only like some of their music that they right. had. Um, so if you called their number and you asked for certain artists, they would tell you, oh, okay, yeah, here we have this, 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 this. Then they would give you like the, you know, the the 16 digit code that you would write down on the mailers and then mail that in. So that's how I got my uh, typo negative and frontline assembly uh yeah. cds was was through uh bmi i think because uh yeah through their catalog wow. yeah i had to yeah. call them to get those numbers heck in the matrix way back then <laughs> <laughs> i did what i had to do man dude that is like some sleuth and that is dedication yeah you couldn't walk into sam goody and be like hey uh can i get a frontline assembly flavor of the week you know they'd, they'd be like what <laughs> 
yeah, that's that's not going to happen. I'd like some tactical neural implant, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I remember um, one, I think the hardest album I ever had to get back then was um, uh, the band Pig, which I, I yep. love. I love, love to death. Um, uh, and they, they uh, uh, Raymond Watts did an album with Trent Reznor that came out on um, what, whatever, what was Trent's uh, record label? Um, Interscope, or no, nothing. Interscope. It was nothing, but it was on Interscope. Yep. Right. So, so Pig's album Sensation was everywhere. You could literally go into a Best Buy and buy it, you know, and that was really cool. Like, and, and I was just like, that's, that's amazing, you know, like that's really cool and all. But you couldn't find any other albums by Pig because they were all, you know, owned by, you know, um, Wax Tracks or something like that. Right. Yep. Um, and so, uh, like, I, Pig came out with a new album. I, I had heard about it through the grapevine, you know, kind of thing. And I had to order it, but I had to order it from Sam Goody because it didn't get released in the United States. It only got released out of Japan. So I had to import it. I ended up paying like 48 bucks for this CD, you know, and that's like 1997 money, you know, and uh, that was kids a, nowadays, kids nowadays, kids nowadays, God, they have no their idea how they got and their band camp. <laughs> Damn kids. Just click, click, click. And there you go. <laughs> Honestly, if it wasn't for that click, 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 we wouldn't be here right now. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, that's um. I remember the exact same kind of struggle of like, you hear something in a movie and you're like, and it's like on either on TV or whatever, and you don't you you don't get to it fast enough where you can't see who it was or maybe it wasn't listed, and uh, or your parents don't let you stay through the credits to see who did the song, and you yeah. like you have it in your head and you're like if I hear it again, if I hear it again, I'm going to figure out who it is. I'm going to figure out. And like, you carry that with you, like as an obsession to figure yeah. out the one song and you carry it with you for sometimes years. I've done that. Oh yeah. And you're like, finally. And then yeah, like, just, like you know. I, I put on a uh, Spotify shuffle thing, you know, and a, a song came on and I was like, I haven't heard this song in forever. And you're, who the hell is this? Oh my God. It was this, you know, it was them all along, you know, kind of thing. Like, like that was like a 20 year delay, you know? Yep. 20 year delay uh, of satisfaction. That is some edging. My big one was, uh, <laughs> I, I went with, uh, every year my neighbors, uh, would for my birthday would get me a, a little piece of paper that said, uh, good for one movie, you know? And they would take, and so I got to pick a movie and they would take me to the movies and, uh, and they were, they were, you know, a proper suburban family kind of thing, you know? Um, uh, so you're Anyways, not seeing pink uh, flamingos? What's that? You're not seeing pink flamingos? Yeah, no. But, you know, but we, we would see, like, you know, Batman forever and, and that kind of stuff. You know, uh, Dick Tracy one year, that kind of thing. You know, those were the movies you'd see. And then one year, uh, uh, the movie Event Horizon had come out. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> we had seen Mortal Kombat about two years before that. So I, I had saw, seen in the paper from the director of Mortal Kombat is Event Horizon. And I was like, well, I need to see this. You Obviously. Know? And so so they're like, okay, well, let's go see a movie. So they went and they took me to see Event Horizon. And they were just in sheer terror like the whole time. Like they were trying to like, come on, aren't you sure you don't want to go see Tarzan down the hall? You know, like you don't want to see, uh, you know, no Emperor's New Groove or whatever Disney movie was out <laughs> at the time, you know. And I was like, no, this is this is what I want to see. But the thing that blew me away was as soon as the movie was over, I don't know if you guys know this, but Funky Shit by Prodigy starts playing. Yep. And it was just like this, what the fuck is this? Like, this is amazing, you know? 
and and I needed to know who it was, but they were like, no, you're getting out of here. We're leaving right now. Like we need to go apologize profusely to your parents, you know, kind of thing, you know, which my parents were like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> but, you just got about her hair yeah. for a, a minute. That's cool. So I was able to convince my parents to go see the movie by just praising it. It's like, oh, you guys got to see this movie. It's so good. Blah, blah, blah. Just so I could sit through the credits and see who did that song. Yeah, I yeah. hear that. Luckily, like most people my age got my introduction to the prodigy through hackers. So yeah, I missed out on that boat. Yeah. You're missing out. Like I got to see hacker. I think I saw hackers in the theater and like, and for the longest time, that's how I thought hackers were because <laughs> they're because, not. Yeah. They weren't Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, they're not Matthew <laughs> Lillard on roller skates. What? Yeah. <laughs> I wished that there were like hangouts for underage people to, eat mcdonald's fries at and like get into big giant rigs i didn't know that that wasn't a thing that you could do i just like i need to go to new york or wherever this is to do this do you know what i think is really underutilized is crossovers I, I love i love universe crossovers like like big spoilers for anybody who watches wandavision you're too late but like i loved it when they brought on quicksilver from the x-men universe yeah i was just like oh this is this is amazing but then they 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 fucked it all up with a dick joke but um, <laughs> yes, it, they it, did. I don't know if everyone's caught up on that. I'm sorry if you're if you're not. You should, yeah, but okay. like I love yeah. crossovers, and they really really missed an opportunity with a hackers slash matrix crossover. That yeah, they did. Would oh have been God. amazing. Like there's potential there. Seriously, I I mean there's still room. There's still plenty of opportunity. <laughs> we could still do it <laughs> to have something in some franchise. Like how far deep into the into the matrix can we go? Well, did we just add Johnny Mnemonic into this formula? <laughs> yeah, and have well, all three. Well, we're gonna dial it all the way back to uh, to Mortal Kombat. Um, so, yeah. Hey, did you guys see that Mortal Kombat video? <laughs> uh, for the, the your Mortal Kombat video, where you resynced it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have honestly not had the opportunity, but I've heard the music so often that I know exactly wh how great it is. Okay. Yeah. It I, made I, the trailer a thousand times hyper, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was I I had seen the the Mortal Kombat video. I I've been playing around with audio now, like with with this stuff recently. Um I just now like not now, but I recently discovered that uh there are certain five point one mixes uh that that are mixed in a way where you could literally like mute dialogue or music and have like just sound effects and stuff like that. And um, so I'd been messing around with like, uh, you know, taking scenes from movies like uh, the matrix and from Rocky and stuff like that. And then like redubbing the music with like silly stuff, like things from old video games, you know, like, so imagine like, like in the matrix, you know, there's some really intense scene going on, but the music is like from Boogerman. You know, like, and, and, and I've been having a lot of fun making those and like sending them to my friends and stuff. And then the day that the Mortal Kombat trailer dropped, uh, a few hours later, they had put, Warner Brothers had put up the trailer in 5.1. And so I was like, well, there we go. This is what I'm doing now. And so I went through and I, I had to massage the trailer to get all of the music out, but keep all the sound effects in the, the dialogue. And I rescored the whole thing with exclusively with music from that 1994 Mortal Kombat album by uh, oh, Lords of Acid, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, and so I, I I didn't realize, you know, at the time, like I made it, I was like, ha this is neat, you know. And 
I put it up on Facebook, like, hey guys, check this out. And eventually I was like, I should just put this on YouTube maybe. And I threw it up there and, and then uh, uh, Lords of Acid found it and they, you know, reposted it. And that was pretty awesome. And they, they hit me up and it was really cool. Like I got to talk, I'm, I'm assuming it's Paragacon that I was talking to. And, and then uh, Angry Video Game Nerd got a hold of it and, and uh, uh, posted it on uh, his uh, thing. And at a, I think in the first day it got like 60,000 views. Dude, so much. you've gone viral. <laughs> I was I was stoked. Didn't quite hit the million mark, but that's okay. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. And then, uh, um, yeah, but it's funny. Like if you if you if you go in there, read the comment section. It's 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 a riot because it's just filled full of of younger people. I don't want to say kids because that's kind of aggressive, but I'm gonna say younger people trying to call me out, saying this isn't the original music, you know, and then linking a remix. And they're like, okay, well, I understand that that's the first song you heard, but this is the first one. <laughs> like, I don't even argue with people online anymore. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you like screaming into the void, then that's completely <laughs> right. acceptable pastime. Yeah. Uh, I like it when people try to, pe- people like from time to time will try to call me out and be like, you didn't make that street cleaner did. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is yeah, like, you got me there. You yeah, got, you got me there. He did. Uh, he did actually me. do this. You're right. Yeah. So I rip it off. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's got to be a weird, like, feeling or position to be in where, like, you're known, you have a level of notoriety, but you yourself personally are not necessarily known, and that confusion can come up. That's got, I just, that's great. You know, do you guys know who, uh, you guys know Droid Bishop, right? Uh, Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I love I love James. He's he's an amazing uh, person. Uh, I, I've I've known him for a, a bit now. We we're both from SoCal, so, um, but he 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 put it really well. I don't know exactly how he put it, but he was like, um, uh, everybody really loved the idea of Droid Bishop, but when he started doing uh, vocals. All of a sudden, he started getting messages. People like, "Hey, I really liked the mystery before I, we actually got to see, like, you know, oh. hear, hear you and all this." We didn't stuff. And, want to see behind the curtain. Yeah, they didn't want to see the the wizard behind the curtain, you know. And 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 I was just like, "Wow, man, that's that's like weird." Like, it, it makes at one point it makes for anybody who likes street cleaner. Please understand, I'm just a nerd. I'm just a dork, you know. Like, I am. <laughs> I'm just a dude that likes to dress in a costume and 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 play a guitar you know like and 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 i think that sometimes people have this idea um that that i am something you know that when i started this whole vigilante revenge thing i didn't know that 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 term would become what it has today so some people do get the wrong idea of what i stand for and what i represent oh shit yeah like he doesn't even actually clean streets (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you know, and so like I've had to, you know, I took a big hit on some social media stuff when I when I kind of put it all out there, like, hey, you know, I'm doing video game movie stuff. You know, I'm I'm this is all homage to '80s stuff. It's it's, you know, it's not, you know, I don't I'm not trying to be some you know hero for your weird cause, you know. And a lot of people were upset with that, but you know, they can they can leave. That's fine. Yeah, it's a you know I think this I don't I don't know say genre or what I mean whatever 
it's at a weird precipice where people are taking uh, a really close examination of some of the themes. I just read a an article about misogyny and synthwave, and it basically tore into like Carpenter Brute and Perturbator and yeah, yeah, violence. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. And you know, um, and I've been I've been uh, accosted, I guess, before about that um because the way so so i'm 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 just doing love letters to 80s movies that's what it all boils down to more recently with edge it's like a big love letter to like anime and you know that whole whole genre of of stuff that was going on in the 80s 90s you know and 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 i although i don't have album covers with you know like women getting beaten up or or thrown off a cliff some people do that that crosses the line for me i would never do that personally even if it's a robot or something you know that's just not something i'm into but at the same time i think we got to take a step back and look at the context of the whole thing um you know and honestly there is some stuff that's just in really bad taste and i think it's just people that are being a little tone deaf to to the world there there's some other stuff out there that that i've seen in synthwave that has kind of made me cringe and wince a little bit where i'm like oh that's really tone deaf like that's really not something you would like you would want attached to you you know mm-hmm. by saying that out loud or whatever i'm not going to name names and, and do no that we will stuff, not but, name names yeah um, but um but i i i have a um I went on. I, I I played a lot of shows in 2019. That was a big year for me. I, I played all over the United States, um, and uh, it was really it was really awesome. And uh, I have this setup uh, where, uh, you know, it was no secret. I play to backing tracks. I play I play live music to backing tracks. There's no way I can do everything at once. And right. and also for, you know, to make this even happen, to fit on a plane and to fly somewhere, I'm, that's what I'm going to have to do. You know, so. Uh, to my to my 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 tracks are uh, synchronized video, and a lot of it is just uh, um, uh, what do you call that uh, montages and stuff like that to to whatever you know film that that song is kind of uh, uh, invoking. You know, like uh, I have I have a I have a song called um, um, uh, No Escape, and so you know it's just going to be a lot of uh, vignettes of chase scenes you know of people being chased or something like that right um and and i really didn't really put too much stock into what the context of the chase scenes were but uh um you know i just kind of oh it's, it's a scary thing it's it's literally a zombie guy chasing you know uh, a lady through a park or something you know and or there's like there's the scene from maniac where the lady's being chased through a graveyard and you know she stabs the dude with scissors or something like that you know like that kind of thing and then after the show one day, this lady came out and just really laid into me about like, you know, misogyny and, and, and all this other kind of stuff. And, and I was like, I'm really sorry that that's what you take away from that. You know, you don't know me and you don't know what I've done. You don't know my music and the context of it, you know, from a glance, from standing at the back of the venue at the bar, you saw a few things that you, you thought you, you saw and you thought that I was championing, you know, violence against women. And that's the exact opposite, you know, like in, in real life, Street Cleaner has donated a lot of money to women's shelters. And I've, I've done a lot of, 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 of uh, communal outreach things to, to, you know, like, but you wouldn't know that, like, right. by just seeing the Street Cleaner guy at a show, you know, and, and at the same time, like, in these movies, the women win, 
every single one of you know you have savage streets and stuff like that i didn't put the scene where where a lady was being you know victimized and pushed off a cliff or anything like that no the scenes i had was was uh linda blair hunting people down with a crossbow you know like the scenes that i had were were were, were that kind of stuff I'm like but that's not what you saw like i'm like if anything those dudes got killed with crossbows like let's be real about that <laughs> but i mean and it's it's all like you know and and then and then the topic of like like violence comes up and and i think like does nobody i don't know i can understand i can understand both sides but at the same time i think that we really shouldn't be putting you know violence towards women or or any of that kind of stuff in we shouldn't be putting that on album covers and we shouldn't be making music videos and stuff like that with that we shouldn't be glorifying that at all but yeah, I don't know. I kind of went on a really weird rant there, a really weird one. Hopefully it came across all right. <laughs> no, you did. You're, it's understandable. It's, I think as an artist, uh, there's an unintentional consequence to how you present yourself that you don't necessarily take into consideration when you're just being a creative nerd, right? You're yeah. doing your stuff, making homages to things that you resonate with and your intentions, and it's interesting how uh, – things can be interpreted then it's it's interesting i forget who said it but basically it's like you know when you make art essentially for yourself and you don't share it it's, it's yours but when you put it in public domain it no longer is yours yeah and... like like oliver stone did not intend for tony montagna to be the hero that that college kids treat him as you know no, what i mean yeah and that's the ultimate irony of a lot of like those kinds of movies where they're very clearly not good it's not, oh yeah you know like and uh it's not meant to be copied or admired and it ends up being you know it's out yeah. of how cliche was like in a rap video how many tony montagna like posters there are in the background <laughs> somewhere you know it's like super cliche yeah yeah or or uh, uh joel schumacher uh did uh falling down why do people idolize <laughs> the bad guy and falling down. Like I, I love the character. I love the character the same way. I love a good villain, right. you know, and, and the fact that the story is told from his point of view, you only ever see his argument. And then at the very end, it's a big switcheroo. And you realize the guy that you thought was a good guy or the maybe was actually a piece of shit the whole time, you know? And, but, but that's not what people like about the movie. And it's hilarious because Joel Schumacher being a gay male all of a sudden, you know, doing this movie, you should know where the movies come from. If you look into it, you mm -hmm. should see his point of view on what he decided to do when he made that film. But yet people don't look that deep into it. They just see, oh, yeah, I like the part where he, you know, kills that dude on the golf course and blah, blah. It's like, no, what? No. Yeah. And that's the that's like a, a weird like um, it's not weird. It's it's one of those things where it's like you your intention for the thing for what you present yeah. and then how ultimately it's interpreted. It's the same thing with like Alan Moore, you know, V for Vendetta and, and um, the Watchmen, uh, like his graphic novels, how like some of his things have been reinterpreted in a way that exactly against his original intention of what he was trying to express. Yeah. Yeah. No, I tell yeah, I, I feel that man. Like that's, it's, it's weird. And so I can't control what people do with my stuff, you know, um, you know, and, and just to put it all out there, I'm, 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 I'm not some conservative, <laughs> uh, you know, champion 
trying to tell people to take the law into their own hands. Please don't. This is, yeah, please this don't. is comic booky stuff. This yeah. Is, this is just for fun. Let's just rock out. Let's listen to some good tunes and have fun, you know, and, and stuff. Let's not, you know, yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. not. I'll just leave it at that. I'll say that. Uh-oh. Let's clean up those streets. Let's get them <laughs> cleaned. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, we're in a, it's an interesting place that we're in because it's, it's typically been when there is turmoil in society, when we're going through wars, etc. uh, people turn to popular culture as a, as a fantastical release from the reality that you're in. But now we're, we've got a, the other part of it, which is completely valid. So not saying it's not um, important things to talk about it, but it's also saying like, Hey, be careful about how you talk about express and do these certain things, because there are a whole lot of other things that I could infer and interpret and mean even though you don't necessarily mean it. So yeah, I think you've done, you know, it sucks that you've been through that a bit. I think uh, to me, it feels like street cleaner is pretty self evident that it's a, an homage <laughs> to comic books and video games and, and not in like a bad way, right. Where you're, you're glorifying the worst parts of a particular decade, but you know, something more aspiring maybe, so that's unfortunate. That sucks. So let's get back yeah. to talking about your sweet, sick beats on the new album. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was, yeah, it's a big, big jump here. Let's jump over to that. Yeah, let's switch that was, streams. That was a real big, uh, big, big, um, big honor to, to, to have it be received the way it did. It's been out now for, for six days. I put it out on Monday morning at, at midnight and, uh, and it just uh, kind of uh, took a life of its own. I, I had no idea, you know, at the time that that it was gonna perform the way it has. It, I'm 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 truly honored by the amount of support. It's really mind blowing. You know, it's already outsold uh, uh, all but two albums <laughs> that I've Holy released shit. in my lifetime. Yeah, dude, that's and, amazing. And <laughs> that that's yeah, I yeah, totally. Like it's funny. It it, it it's it's sold more downloads uh, in, in uh, what, six days than uh, my first album did in uh, eight years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so does that, that begs the question, then obviously there's going to be a vinyl release? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never said anything about that. Uh, vinyl, yeah, no, I, I love, yeah, vinyl's awesome. I've, I've exclusively done vinyl with uh, EPR uh out of austria um they uh they're they're really awesome uh they're they're more of a boutique vinyl type situation they're not going to release anything that is uh boring i guess you know and i'm not saying that there's boring stuff out there it's just that 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 marek who 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 runs everything over there is really in, intent on doing like okay let's let's do the raddest thing ever and then kick it up one more notch you know like like hey let's do this thing and then kick it up another notch like i i was like oh okay so hey what if we did this he's like okay that's cool but what if i had a gatefold oh well yeah wow well you know like oh yeah well what if it had a gatefold then what if we also included you know patches or this or that you know and and then you know he's got other albums from other artists that are like okay what if i had a window cut in it and you could reverse the sleeve to make like a different you know yeah what if we did a foil thing on it you know and 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 you know, I had to really convince him when we did payback 
I had to really convince him to do black vinyl because he he's so you know no that's the minimum we can do better and I'm like no but but payback is like the black album I guess you could say like it's the you know it should be a black vinyl and so he's like ah okay I guess you know fine so uh yeah oh yeah we're doing we're doing edge don't worry about it okay that, <laughs> that's that's important to Kyle and I uh to <laughs> the vinyl it's, release. A, it's important to me that a company like EPR is doing the release too so oh yeah yeah thanks yeah they're 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 phenomenal and and you know that's funny in this this industry it's it's very it, you know you hear all sorts of stuff all you got to do is keep your ears open and you'll see all sorts of people giving their opinions and experiences on things like that and there's never a negative word to ever say about EPR. They no, they're, they're great. They're amazing and everything. They're I'm not. I'm not just saying that because because I, I have a partnership with them. You know, um, it's just you know, they're they're phenomenal and and yeah. Anybody who gets a record, they 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 underpromise, overdeliver. You know, like you think you're gonna get one thing and then it shows up and you're like, damn, this is amazing. The worst thing that I've ever heard about them, and. I wouldn't even say it's bad was like your shipping costs oh. is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, no. and that was, it. that was before there was like a U.S. distribution for it. And so you, you know, you were getting it shipped from Austria. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And, and what sucks is that's completely out of, out of their hands. They, they right. can't yeah. control that. Yeah. And, and I feel when, when I went on tour, uh, when I went on my second 2019 tour, uh, going to um, uh, my brain's flopping. Oh, okay, going doing East Coast. Um, he was uh, he had mailed me um, a few cases of records, and it was like, all right, I know what day you mailed them, and it was months ago because I have the tracking, I could see everything, but like it's been sitting in customs somewhere in you know upstate New York, you know this entire time. And I was like, we were just right there on the cusp of almost not having records when I, when I left for tour, you know, but uh, they made it, but it's just like, yeah, I really can't do anything about that. But yeah, there is you, there is United States uh, distro uh, for some titles. Yeah. Yeah. That's but it's like back then when people were complaining about it, I'd be like, they just dropped six other albums, get them all at once and save some money. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's really, cause it's going to be the same shipping whether you get one or six. Yeah, that's great. It's exciting that, you know, that was because I'm thinking like, man, this record is going to be like, it's great. I want it on vinyl. Now, is there a special plan? As you say, kicking up a notch. Is there special plans oh, yeah. for Edge? Yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking about stuff. Ooh. <laughs> but, we'll have to wait and see. I don't announce things until they happen. Come okay. on. <laughs> All right. Yep. Fair, fair. Just people should be excited. Mostly Kyle and I. Well, no, I'm sure they're going to sell out <laughs> as, the, as they do. So. That's great. Just the fact that I know that it's coming is uh, is pretty spectacular. Uh, while, while you're at it, uh, pick up uh, Heatwave Hardware on vinyl. That's uh, there's there's plenty of copies of that one. I think I know that Annihilation. I think there's like six left. Um, but uh, with uh, Heatwave and Hardware, there's yeah that that's the that's the current one that I'd like people to pick up. Um, it's a great record. It's a great EP. Uh, I like the fact that it's like two kind of different flavors uh, pressed on one vinyl. And uh, yeah. you I have the the rainbows on one side and the uh, the the grim uh, motorcycle uh, peel outs on the other. Yep. Yeah. 
it's really great. And I think for me as a as a just my own personal preferences, I like that variation that kind of uh, keeps it interesting. And it's not like it shows that you um, have more to offer than just one particular thing, but you have a, a, a way about doing things. So I have I have heat wave hardware. Um, I love that record. Did a really good job on the on the pressing as well. So I will attest to EPR is always doing hot stuff. I like how it's uh it's like reversible, you know, like there it doesn't even have the EPR logo on it on the outside, you know. So if you want to if you want to set it on a shelf one way, it looks like a heat wave record. You turn it the other way, it's the hardware record. I don't know. I mean, I like it's that. just it's fun <laughs> stuff. It really is. I mean, it, it's it keeps it interesting. It keeps it special. I hope that it sells out because it's a great piece of music. So it needs to be bought, as far as I'm concerned. Um, what I really want to talk about is the uh, the video game. How did Street Cleaner, the video game, come about? How long did you hide that before you had to do the Kickstarter? <laughs> um, I. Um, I have always worked with uh, my my art partner Brooks, and uh, he was with me from from day one. Uh, he he did uh, most of the album art that you see in the earlier stuff. Uh, cool. Uh, he you know he drew the Revenger thing, um, and then you know as far as concepts and ideas and and photography and everything, he's always been there uh, with me on you know pretty much every step of the way. Uh, a long time ago. Um, like when I released Payback in 2014, he had, he's a computer programmer, game developer. So he had made like a little pixel art screensaver type thing, which was the little, we hadn't quite dialed in what Street Cleaner looked like yet. So he'd made this little character. Like it's, it's a high concept, so stick with me here. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the film Street Cleaner came out in like 1988 yes so imagine a game based off that the way that they used to base games off of movies back then like you know in in the in the movie beetlejuice he steps on a bug once but in the video game that's primarily what you do is you step on bugs you know what i mean like (laughs) it's kind of like off model so he had created like a a faux video game screensaver type thing that looked like a 1988 video game using the aspect ratio and the color palettes and the, uh, I'm sorry, pixel density, all that other kind of stuff that would be on a Nintendo. So it looked like a Nintendo game. And it was just, you know, street cleaner walking across this bridge kind of thing. And it was just a neat little fun thing that that he put together. And I I had been, I guess, kind of bugging him lightly for a long time. Like, hey, let's make this a real thing. Hey, let's make this a game. Let's let's, let's do this thing, you know? And uh, eventually uh, he uh, hit me up and he's like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I never thought of. Uh, why don't we do a street cleaner game? <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about like, this that's, thing. That's all a great by idea. I'm glad great you came idea. up with that. <laughs> of course, that's how that works. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it had been before we even announced it. It had been in production for about a year and a half before we even, you know, let anybody really see it. I'd teased it here and there with little pictures, you know, but never actual like, you know, any definitive statements. Uh, but it's a lot of work. Putting out a game is a lot different than, than putting out an album. It's, 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 it's years and years of, of full-time work. And, and a lot of people, especially Brooks is such a, a, an artiste that 
it's not good enough just to make the game. He made the engine that runs the game. He made the interface that builds the levels, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. He's do every single sprite, every single tile you see, he's done all himself by hand, you know? And so it, it in, in a way it's kind of neat because we don't have to put splash screens in the front, you know, unity, unreal, all that kind of stuff. Now he made, he literally made everything. And so uh, that's, that was really, really awesome for that to, to happen. I get people hit me up. Hey, I, I want to make a game. How'd you do it? I'm like, ha ha. Uh, <laughs> well, you see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, enroll at community college. Uh, take some computer uh, <laughs> programming courses. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool I mean, it's just, it's a cool thing that you're able to do and have, and I suppose I should get around to actually playing the damn thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's not, it's not over yet. Um, Ooh. You know, there's, 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 it's not like it's okay. Game's out moving forward. It's there's, we've got a lot of, a lot of other stuff, uh, you know, without giving away too much, you know, I've got, I've got stuff sitting on my hard drive that I would absolutely love to post, but the time's not right yet. Um, you know, there's a lot more to the game than, you know, releasing it was just the first step, putting it out on Steam. There's a lot more steps. So, Listen, y'all, so, Street Cleaner's yeah. got stuff. I got stuff. Watch I got out. Stuff. I got stuff. And, you know, like, you can't call my bluff, bluff either because every time I say that, I come through. <laughs> you know? Like, I've, yeah. There's there's cool stuff going on with the Street Cleaner uh, video game uh, universe, and more sooner than than you than. Damn, you'd think. there's a Street Cleaner universe. Oh yeah, hell video yeah. game universe. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, it's like you. You ever play Zelda? Of course. Yeah, you know Link's not the same Link in every game. That's true. Yeah. What if what if what if uh, what if I make a what if I make a uh, spaghetti what western? What if Zelda album? was a girl? <laughs> what if Zelda was a girl? That was that was okay. <laughs> I had this idea. I'm gonna tell you guys because I'm I'm gonna tell you now because I'm not gonna do it. But I had this idea of having a a like street cleaner unmasking kind of thing, you know, where like like all right, street cleaner is officially gonna be unmasked, you know, kind of do this thing. And what I wanted to do was shoot a video where uh like the music video, and at the end of the video, street cleaner would take their helmet off. And it would be a it would be a a woman. It would you know? be Samus. It would be Samus, yeah. And and that's that's kind of what I wanted to do for a really long time, but I still haven't made a music video, so. So like that's next. Like, how did you skip over that vital part? You have a video game, but you don't have a music <laughs> video. How does Everyone, that work? Technically, technically, a music video predates the first album. So Brooks and I and our friend Jake had had made a music video before Street Cleaner had ever even released anything. And, and, but I mean, it was literally just like, we made it almost 10 years ago and it was just some dudes driving around with uh, those flip cameras, you know, cause it was the age of the flip camera and, you know, and, and just trying to shoot a bunch of footage and then editing it up later. But, but as far as like, you know, a real, real produced music video, like a real thing, um, I had always thought about it and talked about it and come up with some treatments and stuff, but never never really fully pushed the ball uh to to roll forward on it <laughs> everyone else is doing music videos so no one else is doing video games come on that's that's true and <laughs> that's a very fair point you know right. next gonna, is maybe you're gonna do what other people aren't there you go and maybe an unscripted uh, reality show street cleaner the show. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> keeping up with the street cleaner i mean i really oh, see that happening yeah like day in the what life was that? Of- 
yeah, street cleaner knows best or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. You could have your, you know what? No one has talked to this at all. Is it an advice column? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm too cynical. I was going to say lunchbox. <laughs> lunch, oh, no, I've, I've really looked into that. And, and there's, yeah, what I've been able to find is that it's just not economic. Economically to do it right. I want to do, I mean, I could do it. Oh yeah. There's all sorts of places where I could like get like a vinyl stick on type thing. I want to do like legit printed on metal embossed, you know, lunch boxes. And I have right. to find a way to do that uh, without breaking like the $5,000 mark, you know? Yeah. So, Cause like, I, I'm sure the minimums are pretty hefty. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm pretty good about, I, I can, I can do a lot of clever, funny, you know, weird merch stuff. I got, I got something that I'm, I'm waiting to put out. Uh, that's that's kind of bonkers that no one else has done yet. Um, you know, so I'm pretty good at sourcing places and, and figuring out how to get things made. But uh, that's just one that's escaped me. Another one that I wanted to do, uh, I don't want to tell you because I still might want to do it. Yeah, don't do it. Mm. I think, you know, mm. uh, there might be maybe some Halloween costumes for kids. I think that <laughs> could be a thing. You yeah. too could be the street cleaner. Yeah. Go clean your room. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I like, you remember Halloween costumes in like the 80s? Yeah. We're so common. We're we're so common for kids to have the cheap plastic mask with a little yes. elastic band on it, and then like a trash bag shirt that just had a picture of the character. So yeah. like of what you are. <laughs> yeah, like 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 you'd have like a Casper the friendly ghost mask, and then you wore a trash bag with holes in it that had Casper on the front of it. Like obviously, I remember, so you know who yes, you are. Yeah, I, I I like Donatello. I want to be Donatello. I don't want to be a kid wearing a Donatello bag. You know. You're like this mask is so horrible that whoever is looking at you is gonna need a little help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the trash bag is very practical because if it rains, you're protected. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then you can just I would throw be it away. In my existing environment already. <laughs> it doesn't rain in San Diego. We're good. Oh, well, fine, be that way. Because <laughs> you're in San Diego at the time when it was more perfect than it already is. <laughs> Uh, Kyle has a uh, a wonderful trash uh, Sub Zero costume that he that he whips out every now and again. Yeah, yeah man, my five dollar costume. Yeah, it's take. You, you know, sing the, you sing the Sub Zero song. Oh, Chinese Ninja Warrior. A lot of people get bent out of shape about the Chinese Ninja Warrior part. <laughs> they had nothing to go on. That's the thing. Like. At the time when they made that, only the first game had come out. It hadn't even been released at home console yet, you know? They had to kind of... Like, you know, hey, there are Chinese Ninja Warriors. Yeah. There, there could be, you know? Somebody be, debunked uh, it. There Ooh, aren't? It, no, there are. It is a yeah. thing. Yeah, but do they have cold hearts? Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, they're... <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, Which I'm pretty sure that's my favorite track out of the whole album. Yeah. Just, oh man, that one's good. Yeah, that one's really good. I like, I like parts of the Kano song. I don't like the rap part where it's like, you know, I don't even know what she's saying, but it's like, you know, here we are, funk fresh. Kano's gonna hit you with a laser beam, like something like that. I don't, I'm not a fan of that part, but the rest of the song's cool. And then uh, the Scorpion song also has uh, some really dope parts uh, on it, it's like it break, break core stuff. Yeah, and I'd say that's probably my second favorite track on the album. There you go. Uh, I have, I do have a single of "Go Go Go" 
like it's a 12 inch maxi single oh wow that is different than the album version really it, it i mean it's it's really close but it's different and i i do like the direction more what they went with on the album version but it's just uh-huh. like how did this even happen where did this come from i didn't know about it and like i've been obsessed with that soundtrack since it came out and i didn't know about it until i saw some other guy on instagram post it and i was like hold the fucking phone like somebody actually released that album on vinyl because i thought it was the original one and he was just playing he's like no dude it's just a single Here's what it is. He hit me with the Discogs link, and I bought it right away. So now it's like, hell yeah! I gotta have, I gotta have everything related to it. <laughs> hell yeah! Mortal. I, um, there's some weird stuff. Like, like I, I, I discovered one of the most random vinyls uh, of all time, and 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 uh, so I, I went to this thrift store in in a really like old folks neighborhood. And it's mostly filled full of like really old furniture. And you could tell that the majority of the stuff in the thrift store has been donated when like somebody had died, you know? <laughs> yep. Because it's a lot of like shower chairs and stuff like that. And Estate thrift. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so uh, they had a, a bunch of vinyls. And one, I'm a, I'm a Laserdisc collector. I love Laserdisc. So I always comb through the vinyls because that's where people will put the Laserdisc. They, they you know, they, they fit in there. And so... Um, so I, even even if it's like like oh it's a, obviously an old person's Lawrence Welk collection I'll still look <laughs> through it and um, so I'm looking through these 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 uh, records you know and and then I come across the most random it's a white sleeve with no writing on it and it's like a test pressing or something because it's like this like it looks like a dot matrix printer label on it and it says Macho Man Randy Savage Macho Thing and I was like oh shit, this is a single, like, or whatever. This is like a, a DJ only test, pre- I don't know, like a like pressing of the song Macho Thing off the Macho Man Randy Savage rap album. Like, I have to get this, right? Obviously. So I, of course, yes. I, yeah. So I get home, I put it on, and 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 it's sure enough, you know, the, it's on one side, it's just, you know, it's Macho Man rap into the most generic, you know, circa 2000s Fruity Loops beat, you know, like, and... And I flip it over on the other side, and the most glorious thing is on the other side, the fucking acapella. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, yes. It's oh my macho god. Macho Man Randy Savage going like with no music, just going chilling in the club late night, trying to have fun, work hard, play hard. That's my slogan. You know, I'm like, I'm like, this is amazing. So I immediately turned that into a street cleaning song. It's on my bandcamp. As but you, like, <laughs> you should, obviously. Yeah. That's a bold move. Usually the B side would just be the instrumental. So exactly. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. The literal opposite. I love yeah. it. Nobody wants those instruments. Those, 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 that's the genre. I got this rant. I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but there's a whole uh, generation of music that is completely lost to time. And I'm pretty sure it's going to have a resurgence eventually. But it is the, the like 2002 to 2007 like hip hop in that when everybody was making really lazy like beats like when when like when everybody was like producing like like uh, uh, outcasts and stuff like that were making these really preset loop beats and stuff like that and it's like like you know you, you listen to that old stuff soldier boy and stuff like that and you listen to that and you're like i can't believe this made it on the radio because nowadays if somebody released that we'd be like man get like 
like you know <laughs> come on like but like but it doesn't get any replay all those songs from that whole you know generation you know uh you know uh take a bath wash yourself show me what you're working <laughs> with you know like that, that stuff's gone that there's no nostalgia for it you know like it's it's surprising how little monthly plays that whole genre gets so i think you know prospectively people were saying the same thing about you know hey remember remember music from monster truck vhs tapes nobody would have thought that'd become synthwave you know and right <laughs> wait a minute that's where it's from i've been wrong all this time yeah that's where i discovered it man I thought it came from yeah. Divine's uh, uh, early '80s electro work. It came from what? Divine's uh, early '80s electro oh. work. <laughs> right, Divine. Divine was on uh, was Wax Tracks, I believe. Yeah. For those that yeah. don't know, Divine is a very famous uh, drag performer. Very, very amazing performer. Amazing one of the greatest performers of all time. And one uh, of his her, uh, depending on his mood. Uh, yeah. Side Avenues was some really great music. Yeah. <laughs> man, I, I respect that hustle, man. Like, nobody worked, like, very few people worked as hard as Divine. Yeah. Spread across so many avenues, like live performing, music, uh, movies, like, everything. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, I'm really a big John Waters fan, so I really get into that whole thing and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna reserve that for some other time but yeah <laughs> divine i've got a couple of divine shirts i rep divine <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah all day every day <laughs> well some days mostly it's like i geek out when someone knows but on those days it's all day <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's true some of the days it's all the day it works 60 percent of the time all the time <laughs> yeah yeah, it's oh, like man. it's one of those beautiful things where like you you find someone that you could talk to about. It's like the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. The three of us could talk about it. But like growing up, at least I don't know if it's your same experience. It's not like I had a large group of friends that were like, Yeah, the Immortals is Lords of Acid and they're amazing and let's talk about this shit. It's like you're weird. <laughs> Put that away while you listening to that. I I um on on tour uh, when I did the the East Coast, our show in Philly got canceled like last minute, and it was it was this whole big debacle. It sucked for everybody, but it was under you know it was nobody's fault. It was just a, a thing that had happened, you know. And and luckily that was the only show that got that got canceled. But um, but it was just like okay, well we're gonna be in Philly that that night anyways, and so. Uh, Go the promoter was was really like, "Hey guys, I'm you know really sorry, but hey, why don't we still go out? We, we'll kick it." And uh, this guy's name is uh, Justin Silverman from Silvermania. Um, he's the uh, the AVGN producer guy. Um, he's he's a really he's a really cool guy, really rad dude. But I'd never met him before, and so uh, he picked me and Protector 101 up, and his radio just turned on, and it was like already partway through um, the the that mortal Kombat 1994 album and i was just like no way what is going on right now <laughs> like is this really happening and so we totally like delayed our destination by taking some detours just so that we could all scream at the top of our lungs you know singing mortal Kombat!" round philadelphia yeah. is amazing you're, you're lucky last time i got into a car with a random stranger to take me to a place he was fucking listening to seal <laughs> Ooh, he no. was a, kissed by a rose. <laughs> well, was... I, I 
I'm one of those like, like, did you know factoid? I, I try not to be a know-it-all, but at, at deep inside, I am a know-it-all. And I, and it's, and I say stuff because I tell people things just because like, I didn't know it. And I was surprised when I found out. And I assume that when I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, wow. And be just as happy as I am. But that sometimes comes across as me being like, oh, did you know? Fiercely. <laughs> glasses, <laughs> you know? I was just going to say that. <laughs> what movie was Kiss from a Rose written for? Written for the Batman yeah. Forever, one of the Batmans, right? Nope. Nope. It was Never Ending Story three. Now that's, three. It that's... came out years earlier. See, huh. no, yeah. no fucking clue. I didn't even know there's a Never Ending Story two, starring Jack Black. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. yeah. Never Ending Story three came out like two years maybe one year before batman forever and kiss from a rose by seal was the single on the soundtrack you know it makes so much sense that jack black ends up singing that on america's got talent or something like that right it came full circle oh my god <laughs> that's yeah okay i'm in such disbelief that i <laughs> i'm looking it up now so does your knowledge extend into how then it got shoehorned into Batman? Well, I'm pretty sure that because I'm, I'm sure that the label was trying to push it as as like a breakout, you know, movie time because that's what they did in the '90s. That songs were tied, you know, look at Aerosmith's Armageddon song, all that stuff. Like if if you you have a single, it's because it popped off of a movie, you know. Like if you have this big huge smash hit, it's because of the movie thing. And I think that. Never Ending Story 3 did not pan out to be the movie that maybe they had hoped. And so I think the label had had continued to push it. And and let's see, is Seal on Warner Brothers Records? I'm not sure. I'm just looking at Never Ending Story 3 starring uh, Jason James Richter. Wow. Uh, we know him. He's He's been in a lot of stuff. But Melody Kay. And then number three... Yes. Seal is, uh, is on Warner Brothers Records, which would explain why they then added him to Batman. But see, oh, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, no, no worries. I wasn't saying anything important, honestly. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. And then that, and then it finally blew up because they're like, "Listen, we probably invested a million dollars in making this damn song. We're gonna make it big." <laughs> yeah, we had to buy After Effects to make that video, and we need to pay it back. <laughs> oh, that is that's just fucking crazy. This is the kind of information that I like to hear. And when somebody knows that and shares it with me, I feel just ex <laughs> just as excited as they do when I find it out. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. And yeah. Like, like, so, so Street Cleaner, the video game, has, has a whole strategy guide, right? It's like a real strategy guide. It's not just like a little booklet. It's a, it's a full-on 12-inch by 9-inch, you know. It's like a Brady book. Games yes, type yeah. of Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like a prima, but the difference is is we went full color. So it's not like just Whoa. color cover. It's like the whole thing is color. And it's got a bunch of like I don't know, you're, a bunch of like like I don't know, on Nintendo Power you would look and they would have like off-model Mega Man, you know, like there's Mega Man. Can't call him Mega Man, he's Mega Man, you know, like Yep, he's a Mega Man. He's a Mega Man. So yeah, that's what we did is is uh, you know, we got original art just for the strategy guide of the characters, but uh it, like like it was in, in strictly don't put too much effort into this. Like make it look good, <laughs> but like don't spend too much time. 
just whip it out and we're going to throw it in there, that kind of thing. But so on, when I'm, when I'm, uh, I didn't write, I didn't write it, but I, I edited it and I did the layout and, uh, I really wanted to throw little factoids in there. Like every other page, I wanted to have like a little, did you know, section, you know? And, uh, and, and so Brooks came up with the idea. He's like, he's like, you can put that on me. Like we'll do, we'll call it Brooks's. Did you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know where I'm going with this. I lost way. <laughs> no, no, I get it. What you're talking about, just making cool shit and your yeah. tangents of, did you know, t- manifesting itself in a way that you're, you're separated by one degree by someone else claiming it's them. But yes. uh, that's really, that's, that's the kind of shit that people are looking for. A game guide like that. That's really fucking sweet. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm stoked about how they turned out. It was, it was really rad. Really <sighs> stoked to have a, have a book. My God. How do you get said strategy guide? Yeah. Uh, well, up, <laughs> up until now, the only way to get the strategy guide was to hop in on the Kickstarter. But, um, we'll, we're, uh, street cleaner, uh, is, is going to have a physical release very soon, uh, which may or may not uh, have the strategy guide included. So uh, what format can we expect? <laughs> uh, CD, cartridge? Oh, it's, it's, oh yeah, I, I wish a cartridge. Um, it's, it's CD. We're, we're, uh, we're doing, um, you know, it's a PC game. So we're trying to um, embody uh, what a PC game on a CD would have looked like. It needs you know, to be like, in the double thick jewel case. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Well, going going a few steps further than that. Yeah, like you'll, the you'll big see box it. PC. Oh release. God, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Maybe. I mean, if you're getting a PC <laughs> release, it has to be in a big box if, at this if point. If you're buying a PC game, a '90s PC game, and it doesn't come in a big box, then, then you got ripped. You got ripped <laughs> off. You better be getting a big box. When I say big box, I'm talking like a a real big box that takes up space on your shelf. Yeah, that was one of my greatest pleasures as a kid. Was like. Sometimes I would buy games just because they had a really amazing box, you know. Um, I just needed that big box. Yeah, nothing. I hear I, you. The, like you like the big boxes, boxes and you cannot lie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Like Mac Warrior for Mac that doesn't run on any Mac. <laughs> big box. My my experience with Mac, and you know, I I've, I've been a game a video game collector forever and ever, and I would buy you know. I would buy any game as long as like it was like oh this is a neat thing even if I didn't have you know a Mac but I feel like most Mac games just came in really boring cases you know like they didn't come in boxes like you yeah you'd get like marathon and stuff like that but but you I know, didn't when... realize that they had games so that I mean yeah, right? kind of news <laughs> that there were very few <laughs> yeah. I didn't really... and my experience is they didn't work no matter what <laughs> I think all the games for for Mac were like you know like roll the ball around the maze kind of games they weren't like <laughs> and it was this like 2 years ago or <laughs> 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 Mm, sick. <laughs> sick, burn. sick burn oh my <laughs> god uh yeah yeah i never i didn't have a even have a computer growing up so yeah i was a console gamer so uh, yeah I, I i totally i totally did like i i was i was about that that pc life and then uh consoles mm-hmm. i i never i never i don't know it's like like, like growing up in the 90s there was there was the what they called the uh, the the console wars, mm-hmm. and it was a real thing. You were a Genesis kid or you were a Super Nintendo kid. You weren't yeah. both, you know. And and um, 
I, I started out as a Genesis kid, but I totally got into Super Nintendo as well. I, I you know, I, I went and mowed extra lawns just so that I could have, you know, I didn't want, I didn't ever want there to be a game that I couldn't play because I didn't have that console, you know, and, and uh, so that's, that's what I was about right there. I think well, they both excel in their own ways. You know, they both have their strengths. And well, just remember that the Genesis does what the Nintendo don't. <laughs> right? It has blast processing. So, oh, so much blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right. and, and, you know, it's, it, yeah, and I, I recently, I don't know if you saw there on Edge, I had, uh, I had done a track with Aubrey Hodges, um, and that was a real dream come true because, you know, he had done so much music from video games that I had played as a teenager, and so to be able to, to work with him was just like a dream come true, you know, I, 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 I've always had a really uh, hot take on the Quake soundtrack in oh. that the Quake 64 soundtrack is superior to the Nine Inch Nails Quake soundtrack. And that being that it has some real good music on it. Meanwhile, the, the Quake PC soundtrack is, is only atmosphere, you know? Yeah. And then, then the Doom 64 soundtrack is far superior to the Bobby Prince PC soundtrack because of the overall atmosphere and feeling of the, of the Doom 64 soundtrack and also, it's not just MIDI versions of grunge rock songs, you know? Right. Um, and that, that, you know, like, it's obvious that's an Alice in Chains song. It's obvious that's a Pantera song. It's obvious that's a Metallica riff, that kind of thing, you know? And, uh, but, but what Aubrey Hodges was able to do, and then later when he did Quake 2, he did Quake 3, he did uh, Quake, uh, he did uh, Doom and Final Doom for PlayStation, and he really made, he tied that game together with music because, it wasn't just at the time music from video games was just let's write music that plays while you're playing a game. Right. And he kind of threw that out the window. It's like, no, we have an opportunity to build these big atmospheres that, that are part of the game. If you're a real space Marine in an abandoned space station overrun with demons, you're not going to be hearing. Bah, 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 no, you're going to be hearing some really creepy, weird atmospheric stuff. And, and so I was, really like those those playstation those playstation games lived in my music cd player just so i could listen to the red book audio and, and stuff like that so it was it was really awesome to be able to write terror influx with them which is a total i wrote the song as a love letter to him <laughs> and i was like you know so it was, it was great to have him in on a on a song that was a love letter to him you know yeah that how did you how did that come about uh, how did that come about? Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. You don't tell the, you don't talk about oh, how the sausage is made. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. He, I, I hit him up basically. And, uh, just, you know, uh, he's a really approachable guy and we just went over, uh, you know, I, I had started with trying to get some sound fonts that he had used. And, um, you know, most of those, I, I know, I know a lot of, uh, game composers and stuff like that um so i already had some mutual friends with them so it was i don't think it was really coming out of the blue like a, a random message you know um so i was able to talk to him about sound fonts and and what what he had done and so it was really eye-opening on how some of those tracks were made for the nintendo 64 it wasn't at all what i had imagined you know and so he he kind of showed me how how he had done it and so i was able to emulate that i wasn't able to replicate exactly what he had done but emulate that because i was just trying to get that same vibe that he had gotten and uh and 
And so after a while, you know, just just discussing the stuff, you know, he he laid some guitar on it, he threw some drums on it, you know, and we just went back and forth with it, and uh, it was it was really awesome. That is really awesome. I mean, what a great uh, just experience treat! Like you get to say that you got to do that. How cool! Oh, is that? right, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the yeah. It's it's me. This is a dream come true. You know, I I I think anybody anybody out there who's listening, if you if you follow your dreams, man, you too can open up for Stabbing Westward. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Hey, listen, the first Stabbing Westward album, I really liked. Uh, in my opinion, every Stabbing Westward <laughs> album I really liked, but I love I, Stabbing Westward. I you know I don't. And I, here's what I'm going to say in my own defense of it is like, there's too much music to keep track of. And yeah, yeah. so like stabbing Westward came out with a lot of like darker kind of fun, you know, cause it contemporaries to nine inch nails. They're like nine inch nails or filter light before or filter took a completely left turn and went pop music. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, did you know? Here's another factoid. Did you know Richard Patrick from Filter is Robert Patrick from Terminator 2's yeah, brother? I did know that. Yes. <laughs> I just found that out. That's so isn't, amazing. Yeah. Okay, you, sorry. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that? That's an. And then, like, I did the thing where I'm like, I'm Google picturing, like, like putting pictures side by side. I'm like, can I see it? Is it a thing? <laughs> it's like uh, the lead singer of Powermind 5000 is the brother, younger brother of Rob Zombie. Yeah. That's. I think though that I think. I, I I think that's how they were billed early on before the second album. So the first album, the first Power Man album that I heard didn't have any electronics in it. It was like, it was just kind of like butt rock with bongos. I'm not even kidding. They had a bongo player. And, and it was like Power Man 5, I mean, uh, Power Man 5000 is Rob Zombie's little brother's band. And I was just like, oh, neat. And then they came out with the album that everybody knows that sounds like a radio friendly white zombie. Yeah. I think that was the, with Stabbing Westward too. Is a lot of people don't realize Stabbing Westward and Filter and Nine Inch Nails all have the same genesis. You know, like they're not they they're not sound alike bands. They all started together. You know, and you know uh, Richard Patrick was in Nine Inch Nails. Right. Um, and and uh, oh, that's where Stabbing Westward was born out of Exotic Birds, which was turned into Nine Inch Nails. You know, or or which also Nine Inch Nails was born out of Exotic Birds as well. You know, and yeah. so like. It's, it's it's pretty cool, yeah. And and I I did get to play with them, and it was it was a really excellent show. It was like a real dream come true to to share the stage. And it wasn't it wasn't like one of those shows where there's like eight openers. It was just me and them, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be really cool. I mean, what it, it takes a lot of self restraint not to gush over people and not to just be like, oh hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I will not name names. Kyle, I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to people can access those memories. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really cool experience. How was you had to have met the band and and hang out, or was that not part of the gig? Like, oh, tell us the experience of opening for Stabbing Westward. Oh, it was a uh, it was at a House of Blues. It was the first real big, I think, I want to say like corporate show I had ever played because they're a live nation venue. So I had to like go through the live nation vetting process and all that stuff, you know, and then enroll into their list of, of uh, performers, you know, with documentation and stuff like that. So 
it was it was that was new to me i'm used to just you know having a contract or sometimes not having a contract and, and just playing a show but um that was pretty neat then you know their sound system is is insane and and the stage was insane and it was really really rad going up there and and what's funny is i mean it was it was a well-attended show but it was obvious you know other than the handful of people that had had come to see street cleaner most everybody there was for stabbing westward and that's when i realized that stabbing westward's demographic is as old as i am they're older than i they're older than i am so it was really interesting you know doing my shtick i i i I have a live show that that I work really hard on and that I, I try to do stuff that I, you know, I don't stand behind the keyboard. I don't stand behind the laptop and no, no shade against anybody who does. Um, mine's just different. You know, mm -hmm. I'm mobile. I have a Bluetooth keytar, so I'm not tethered to anything and everything I need to do is on that controller. Um, you know, from switching to patches, playing uh, uh, samples, queuing up stuff, adjusting levels, it's all doable uh, on the keytar and uh, I have it all macro mapped and stuff. So, I think for these people that came to see Stabbing Westward and they see this guy all in leather from head to toe in a, in a, in a you know, ballistic mask, you know, uh, playing a guitar, jumping off of things and, and being silly. I think for them, it was a little bit of a, of a hard sell at first, but by the end I had him. Yeah. By I was going to say, like, like, I really feel like you would fit well within that and maybe even yeah. a little bit harder in some ways stabbing westward so oh uh, yeah you, you know though like i think you i think i i like i you know i, I i'm not i don't specific, i have some heavy songs and i have some not so heavy songs you know like my my number one song is is a real danceable song it's nightlife and it's really you know it's it's a minor key so it's not bubblegummy but it's it's more of a consumable song you know and and but then i have the heavy stuff too so i think I don't want to say I tailor my sets to who I'm playing with, but I'm not going to play, you know, when I played with, with uh, Dan Terminus, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to meet Dan Terminus, you know, yeah. on his level. And, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm opening for him. So, you know, I'm going to play some heavy stuff, but then, you know, I, I open for, you know, the midnight. It's like, I'm not going to play that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to play more of the synth lady stuff because that's, you know, he's there. And so with Stabbing Westward, it was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to outdo them, you know, and at the same time, because it's, it's a Live Nation event, they're not going to give me the same volume that they give Stabbing Westward. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's really cool. I mean, you've, if, I mean, shit, you've been able to play with some really great, great bands and acts. And so that's it's really fun. Also, I so wish that COVID is done. So the world could like commence and live music can start back up again because I miss live music so much. So so here's my fear about that. I am ready. I am so ready. I am I am I am living a hundred percent off my music, and I have been for almost a year now. Um, uh, I, I I went down to a part time job for a while uh, for 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 things. And then, but things are, are, are in a position now where this is what I do. This is my job now. Um, majority of my effort goes towards Kikunen and games. Um, we're really trying to get that uh, a self-sustaining business uh, out of that. And so that we could just, you know, make games full-time. Street Cleaner is never going to stop, but, you know, we definitely have a lot of aspirations on that. But with that said, I make my own schedule. I'm ready to tour. I'm ready to dip out for 45 days straight. Like, 
I am, I am fucking ready. I've got, I've got the van. I own it. It's good. We're good to go. Like I'm, I'm good to tour, but my fear is everybody else is too. <laughs> you know, I think there's going to be enough, uh, appetite that people are going to be stop spending money on their homes and start spending money and going <laughs> back out again. Right. Well, that's the thing. How am I, how am I going to, I like, first of all, like as, as, as it's a hard, like, it's hard. It's selling street cleaners to a promoter or a venue that isn't familiar with street cleaner is a hard sell because a lot of places are like, okay, what's the name of your band? And, and so you're like, Oh, it's, it's street cleaner. And like, okay, okay. So, you know, you, you try to, and they're like, okay, so uh, do you need a backline drums or whatever? And I'm like, no, it's actually, it's electronic. And they're like, Oh, are you a DJ? Like, no, I'm not a DJ. Okay. Well, how many people are in the band? Well, it's just me. Oh, so you're a DJ. It's like, no, I'm not a DJ. And they're like, well, we don't book DJs. Um, we, we, we only do live performances. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm a live performer. I, you know what I mean? So trying to sell that to, to, to venues to let them know like, hey, you want me there. Don't worry. It'll work out. <laughs> this is going to be fine. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like a thing. But I mean, obviously that doesn't happen everywhere. And I have my little press kit that, that I send out, but you can't always get people to look at the press kits, you know? Um, and it's, it's up to, you know, the promoter if they want to actually look at it or not. But uh, that's the thing is when I go back out there, everyone's going to be booked up, man. I, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, Street Cleaner could hook up with, uh, with another act and have a kick-ass tour. Mm, let's just start thinking about that. Who should I, who should I tour with? Who's going to want to spend that much time with me? Oh, well, well, I mean, listen, I can't answer that question, but I know that, <laughs> I know that, that, uh, I, I, like, I see like some good packages coming up yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I, I spent, I spent, uh, what was it? 30 days, <laughs> 30 days with protector one one And by the end we were still friends. So I know I can do it. So you could do it. You should <laughs> good uh, job. tour hey. with, uh, with no, Link. no, I, I was, I was more of a, of a self, uh, oh, you, I could do it. I could do it. I could still be yeah. friends, people. I could, I could, no, like, I could, I could, I'm so glad I didn't chase him away with my annoyingness. You know, that's <laughs> what I was saying. I'm not saying he's annoying. He's not. He's a saint. Yeah. I love him. All right, Jesse. I don't want to take up any more of your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Kyle, do you have anything for Jesse while we got him? AKA Mr. Cleaner. So more Mortal Kombat stuff. The more Mortal Kombat <laughs> stuff. Jesse, it was a, a pleasure to sit down and chat with you um until next time this is eric thanks this is kyle thanks jesse thank you Motherfucking paradise, I can't. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, paradise, I can't.